0: Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast. A podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. I'm going to begin a series entitled Prayer That Gets Results. I thought you would get more excited than that. Prayer that gets results. Because how many of you know about prayer that don't get results? <laughs> We're going to talk about prayer that gets results. And, and the scripture that the Lord gave me as kind of the primary verse for this series is in James chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. James, the half-brother of Jesus, they had the same mother, but not the same father. You understand that. Joseph was the father of James. The Holy Spirit was the father of Jesus. Well, y'all, y'all, y'all gotta help me a little bit more than that today, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach all day long. But but listen to what James says. He says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let me ask you this: Is there anybody in this room here today suffering? And from that I mean. Is there anybody here today under, in a season of, of temptation? Or you're going through a trial today? You're facing some adverse circumstances in your life. James says if that's you, if you're suffering, what does he say do? Pray. Not gripe. Not complain. Pray. He said if you're suffering, pray. He said is anybody cheerful? Act like it. If anybody is cheerful, let him or her sing psalms. That's what we did here over the last few minutes. Sing psalms. Songs that are based on the word of God. And then he goes on and he says this, is any among you sick? And he's talking here primarily about physical sickness and ailments. And there's a lot of people who are watching us this morning by live stream who cannot be here because they're sick in their body. And some of you, in spite of your sickness, You didn't feel like coming today, but you came anyway. Oh, God has something miraculous that he's going to do in your life before you leave here this morning. But he said, is any among you sick? Let him call or her call for the elders of the church and let them do what? Let them pray. So he says, if you're suffering, pray. If you're sick, do what? Pray. He said, pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. For some of you that did not think it was scriptural for us to actually lay hands on people and anoint them with oil, here is scripture as evidence that it is biblical to lay hands on people and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And then he goes on and he says this, he said, and the prayer of faith, that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. I'm going to talk to you today about the prayer of faith. Because the prayer of faith is a prayer that gets results. And he said that the prayer of faith will do what? It will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him or raise her up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Notice the prayer of faith is effective. The prayer of faith gets results. And then he goes on and he says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. Now we're talking about disagreements. Now we're talking about grudges in the body of Christ. Now we're talking about hurts in the body of Christ. And he said, if you're hurting today, if you've been offended by somebody, what do you need to do? Pray. I think what he's saying is that prayer is the solution for whatever it is that you are going through in your life today. Whatever you are facing. He said, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. That I love this. This is one of my favorite sentences in the Bible. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The person who's living right. The person who is walking in the paths of righteousness pray prayers that get results. We're going to talk more about that next week. And then he goes on and he says this, Elijah. Everybody say Elijah. Elijah Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He was a human being just like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. We need somebody that can pray that it won't rain for three days. (laughs) Three years and six months, it didn't rain. But then notice what happened. He prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Prayer that gets results. And today, we're going to talk about the prayer of faith. And, and let me just go ahead and give you my points right up front today. Now, I normally take you into the Scripture, and we look at the Scripture and find our points, and then I share with you what the points are from the Scripture. And that's what you always do. You always start with the Word of God. You don't ever just get yourself a thought or a point and then try to go to the Scripture to prove your thought or your point. You get your point from the Word of God. But but today I want to begin by giving you the points that we're going to look at in this message today on the prayer of faith, and that is this. Faith that acts and asks and endures gets answered. Right, let me say that again. Faith that asks or acts and asks and endures gets answered let's break it down a little more clearly faith that acts that is faith that goes to the lord if you have a problem if you're in a in a tough situation today faith acts faith goes to the lord with problems faith goes to the lord in time of need but not only does faith act Faith also asks, it doesn't just come before the Lord, it kneels before the Lord in humility. And then also faith endures, that is, it stays before the Lord. We talked about it, or we sang about it a few moments ago, stand forever. That we're not going to stop, that we're not going to quit, that we're not going to give up. That we're going to endure And faith that acts and asks and endures does what? It gets answered. Maybe not immediately. Maybe not the way we thought it was going to get answered. But God will in his way and in his time, God will answer. Now every miracle, especially the miracles of the New Testament, every miracle that you go back and look at, you're going to find these things. But we're going to go to Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5, because in Mark chapter 5, we're going to see the story of two people. Now listen to me, a true story, very, very true, very, very real. Two people, one a man by the name of Jairus, and another a woman who is anonymous, who has an incurable blood disease so you've got you've got Jairus who is the ruler of the synagogue who is a very prominent influential member of society and then you've got this woman who is an anonymous nobody but both of them come to Jesus with their needs and both of them leave his presence with a miracle And it's interesting that we're going to look here in Mark chapter 5 and we're going to see that one of these person's stories interrupts the other person's story. But there's even a purpose in that interruption that we're going to see this morning. So let's look at Mark chapter 5 beginning at verse 21. It says that Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake. Now let me tell you what he's just done. He has just delivered a demoniac, a demon-possessed man who had thousands of demons in him. And you would think that the people would be appreciative that Jesus has done such a miracle in this man's life. But because of the way that things went down, they get angry at Jesus, and they begin to implore Jesus, please leave. And so Jesus gets on the boat and goes to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, And whereas on one side of the lake, there was a crowd of people trying to get rid of him, on the other side of the lake, there was a group of people welcoming him. Which crowd are you in this morning? Hopefully, you are in the crowd that we're going to talk about today that is welcoming him. And it says he got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large, everybody say large, Large. a large crowd gathered around him on the shore And then it says that the leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. So here comes this this leader of the synagogue. And and let me tell you what what his responsibility was. His responsibility was to make sure that the house of God was taken care of. You know, that every time somebody came in with COVID, somebody came in behind him and sanitized everything, got it ready for the next crowd that was going to come in. That was his responsibility. It was also his responsibility to put together the order of service and to make sure that everything flowed in an orderly fashion during the service. He he was kind of like the chairman of the elders board. And it was a very prominent, influential position. And so this man of prominence, this man of influence, this man who is somebody in the eyes of those in that particular society, It says that when he heard where Jesus was, he he arrived, and when he saw Jesus, notice what he does. He fell at his feet. Now, here's what I want you to get the picture of this prominent, influential man doing, because to fall at somebody's feet was not just to fall at their feet, but it was to fall and, and reach and grab hold of their feet as if you ain't going anywhere else until you do what I'm about to request of you to do. It's his desperation. We're gonna gonna find out here in just a moment that he's got a little 12-year-old daughter that is dying. And it's his desperation that brings him to this point. But here's what I want you to notice. It says, when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. Notice he has a problem. And what does he do? He takes action. He acts because that's what faith does. When I was reading this story, I began to immediately think about, well, what were some of the things that could have kept him from acting? And some of the things that could have kept him from acting is what I believe keeps a lot of people from responding and acting today by faith. He could have said, well, you know what? I'm a prominent member of society here. I'm I'm a very influential person. People are going to think I'm weak if I go and fall at the feet of Jesus. Not only that, I'm a man of pride. I have my pride to think about. I'm, I'm a man of dignity. I have my dignity to think about. And not only that, I work in the synagogue. That's my job. And I know that the other members of the synagogue, they don't like Jesus. He's been here and he's taught. He's claimed to be somebody that they don't believe he is. And so I know that this could cost me my job, and I have a family. I have, I have more children. I have a spouse that I've got to take care of. And he could have thought about all of those things and, and, and allowed it to keep him from acting, but he didn't. He got up. He got dressed. He left the house. He began to ask about where Jesus was. He made the journey all the way down to the Sea of Galilee, he worked his way through because remember there was a large crowd and he works his way through the crowd until he finally gets to where Jesus is because you see that's what faith does faith takes action what is it that is maybe keeping you from taking action this morning is it some of the same things that could have kept this man from taking action listen you got up this morning You got dressed, you left your house, you got your kids dressed, you got into your car, you drove here, you parked on the side of a hill, and some of you, when you opened your door, you about fell out, and some of you, when you opened your door, you couldn't hardly get out. You went through all of that to get here, I don't know about you, but if you make that and and take that kind of step of faith and action, then you should expect God to do something for you when you get here. So notice this, he, he acts, he takes action. But then notice the next thing, he says this, he says, my little daughter is dying. That's what he tells Jesus, he pleads with him fervently. My little daughter is dying. I don't have any daughters. Some of you guys do. You have daughters. I had two sons, three grandsons. But just recently, the Lord blessed us with a granddaughter. Oh, my goodness. Matter of fact, back in my office this morning as I was praying and getting ready to come out to the service today, I heard my phone ding, and I looked at it, and there was a picture of my beautiful little granddaughter all dressed up in her car seat with a big old smile on her face headed to the house of the Lord and I texted them back and I said don't do this to me (laughs) I so wanted to get in my car right then and drive to where she was and grab a hold of her and squeeze her. and she bears my name Isabella Victoria oh my goodness (laughs) It just hurts your heart. But you know what? When I look at that little granddaughter, I would do anything that I could possibly do to make sure that her needs are taken care of, to make sure that she is protected and provided for. And and, and that's what I hear about fathers who have daughters, that they will do anything for their daughters. And this man comes to Jesus out of his desperation for his daughter. He said, my, my little daughter, she's, we're going to find out was 12 years old. He said, my little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Not only does he act, but now he's asking in faith. Because that's what faith does. Faith acts and faith asks. James even says it in another place. He said, we have not, why? Because we ask not. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. For whoever asks receives. And whoever seeks finds. And whoever knocks. And that word knocks means I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep on. I'm going to endure. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to stay here as long as I have to stay here. Until I get an answer. And that's where he is. He's asking. And notice, Jesus then went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. So Jesus, with Jairus, and his disciples, and this great crowd of people, they start heading toward Jairus' house. But then comes the interruption. Now a certain woman... Had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather she grew worse. Now, don't you think Jairus is thinking, hey, whoa, wait a minute. I got here first, I acted first. I ask first, honey, I know you've got a problem. I know you've had it 12 years. I know you're desperate. Get in line. Wait your turn. But notice how desperate this woman is. 12 years she had a flow of blood. She had suffered many things from many physicians. She had gone to so many different doctors. And they would give her all of these crazy remedies. Things like, well, what you need to do is you need to carry the ashes of an ostrich egg. And if it's summertime, you need to carry it in a linen rag. And if it's wintertime, you have to carry it in a cotton rag. And she did that. She did everything the doctors told her to do. They would tell her things like, well, no, what you've got to do is you've got to take and carry barley corn from the dung of a female white donkey. She tried everything. No matter how crazy, no matter how stupid it seemed, she tried everything. Can you imagine how frustrated she must have been? Can you imagine how disappointed she must have been that she has up to this point done everything that she knows to do, and she spent everything that she had, but look at this. She was not getting any better. Instead, she was getting worse. Then notice what she does when she heard about Jesus. Listen to me, Summerton Church of God. This is why we have got to tell people about Jesus. Because in their time of need, they're going to remember you talking to them about Jesus. And they're going to remember that conversation and say, Oh, I remember so-and-so. I remember him. I remember her telling me about this man named Jesus and the power that he has to save and the power that he has to heal and the power that he has to deliver. She heard that from somebody. She heard about Jesus. That's why we have to tell people about Jesus. Because there's people who need to hear about Jesus. And when she heard about Jesus, what did she do? She acts. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. She takes action. Now, I also begin to think about her. And what, was, what, what are some things that have kept, could have kept her from taking action. She could have said, Well, I'm a nobody. I'm not important enough to take my need to Jesus. She could have said, Well, you know, he's really busy right now helping somebody else. He's he's on his way to help somebody else, and he's he's busy right now, and I, I don't want to interrupt him because he, he's so busy. She could have said, Well, what do, well, I've tried everything? Why do I think one more thing is gonna work? And not only that, she could say, I, I tried everything and I've been frustrated and I've been disappointed and I just don't want to go out on that limb of faith again and end up disappointed again because I've been disappointed so many times. You see, there's so many things that could have kept her. She could have said, well, I, I know that according to the law that I'm ceremonially unclean and that i can't just secretly sneak into a crowd that, that 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 legally i'm supposed to cry publicly out loud unclean unclean so that when people see me coming they can they can get a far distance away from me so that they don't Catch what I have her so that they themselves do not become unclean. There's a number of things that she could have used as reasons or excuses to keep her from coming to Jesus. But you know what? She didn't allow anything to stop her from acting. And neither should we. But she goes to where he is. She, she said, if I can just touch his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. This is, this is her asking. She acts. She asks. And then, and then notice, it says that immediately. Everybody say immediately. Oh, don't you love it when he answers immediately? It ain't happened but just a few times in my life. Most of the time I've had to wait and wait and wait. And wait and wait and still waiting. But sometimes, immediately, you see God show up. And immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And then do you know what she tries to do? As quietly as she snuck up behind Jesus to touch him, just as quietly She was trying to leave. When all of a sudden, Jesus says, Who touched my clothes? Now remember, it's a large crowd. There's lots of people touching Jesus. They're all around him. He's bumping into people everywhere. But all of a sudden, he feels a touch. And it was the touch of faith. And he said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, and this is what you and I would probably do. Come on, Jesus. People everywhere around you. People up touching you, they're touching us. Well, what do you mean, who touched me? And Jesus goes on and he looks around to see, look at this, her. He even knew it was a her. Her. That touched him. He wasn't looking for a him, he was looking for a her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth Lord, I've had this issue of blood for 12 years. God, I've tried everything. I've gone to every doctor. You wouldn't believe the dumb, stupid things that I've done that they've told me to do. You wouldn't believe all the money that I've spent, Lord, trying to be healed, trying to get this flow of blood stopped in my body. But she said, even though I've done everything they've asked me to do, even though I've spent every dime that I have, I'm not any better. As a matter of fact, I'm worse. But Jesus, I all of a sudden heard about you and that you were a savior. And that you were a healer and that you were a deliverer and I had some people come by my house Testifying of how you had touched and how you had healed their bodies and when I heard that you were in town I thought I'm not gonna miss this opportunity if I can just somehow press through the crowd and just touch your garment I thought to myself I could be instantly made whole she told him the whole story and then Jesus said to her look at this daughter Oh my goodness you, you, you've got to understand something more than just something physical is happening here. Something spiritual is happening in this woman's life. Because some of you would say, well, why would Jesus confront her publicly? Why would Jesus want her to tell her story publicly? Because it's not just what you believe in your heart. You've also got to confess it with your mouth. And she believed it in her heart, and she confessed it with her mouth, what Jesus had done. And now she goes from being an Anonymous, nobody to being a daughter of the king. Hallelujah. To being a child of the king. And he looked at her and said, daughter, your faith. Everybody say faith. He said, your faith has made you well. It wasn't you touching my garment because how many of you know that if that would have been the case, everybody would have been out there superstitiously and and even magically thinking that their healing comes just from touching his clothes. He said, no, it wasn't you touching my clothes that healed you. It was your faith in God that healed you. And he looked at her and says, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. She acted, she asked, she endured. And as a result of that, her prayer was answered. But hold on, Jairus is still hanging. Stay with me here just a few more minutes, and notice what it says. While Jesus was still speaking to this woman, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. He said, "Jairus or Jairus, your daughter is dead." Why troubled the master any further? Just when you thought things couldn't get worse, they do. Now what you're gonna do, Jairus? You had faith that Jesus could heal your sick daughter. But do you still have faith? That even though she's dead that she could live again what a position to be in we've all been there haven't we when we got that report things don't look good the prognosis is not good we've, we've gotten those reports we're having to cut back and you get the pink slip and you don't have a job anymore that knock on the door that tells you that a family member, maybe even a child. That, that, that bad, that news that, that goes from bad to worse. Let me ask you this. What kind of faith can you have at the worst moments of your life? Because that's where Jairus is. This, is, this has got to be the worst moment of his life. How is he now going to respond? Because they've told him, She's dead. She, she's, she's dead, don't, don't trouble the master, just let him go, be busy about helping other people. But notice, as soon as Jesus heard what they were saying, he said to Jairus, hmm, do not be afraid, only believe. The Holy Spirit brought somebody here this morning to hear those very words right there. Because you walked into this room here today with fear over a report or over some circumstances in your life, and you walked in here today and your faith had taken a hit. You were facing a situation or a problem in your life that caused you to begin to doubt whereas before you had faith. But the Holy Spirit, I believe, brought somebody into this room here today to say to you, don't be afraid do not fear i don't care how bad the report was i don't care how 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 adverse the circumstances may be the lord is still speaking to you here this morning and he's saying do not fear keep believing keep trusting keep having faith in god oh you got to think about jairus now and you wonder, why, why does this happen? This woman being healed in the process of Jairus trying to get Jesus to his house. What is, what is the purpose of that showing up in this story? It presented a delay for Jairus. But do you know what Jesus is going to do? Jesus is going to use that delay to grow Gyrus. Jairus. Jesus is going to use that delay to increase the faith of Jairus because I can just hear Jesus saying to Jairus Jairus listen you had faith when you initially came to me and believed that I could lay my hands on your daughter and she could live again and you just saw you just saw Jairus what just happened when this woman came to me in faith Jairus you ought to see a pattern here that if you will not fear but just continue to have faith that you're going to see a miracle take place in your life. you think that that delay in your life has been brought by the devil. No, God maybe has allowed that delay in your life. You're sitting there thinking, well, I got to God first. I ask God first, and here I am. I'm seeing everybody else get their prayer answered. I'm seeing everybody else get healed. I'm seeing everybody else get delivered. I'm seeing everybody else being provided for, but I'm still over here in waiting mode. I'm still looking at this delay, and everybody else is getting what they're answering, asking for. Listen to me. God can use that delay in your life because he's trying to grow you. He's trying to increase your faith. Don't resent what God is doing in other people's lives but allow that to inspire you and to increase your faith that if God can do it for them that he can do the exact same thing for you if you'll just not fear but believe believe is there anybody in this house today who has faith in God who believes in the impossible he he said don't be afraid only believe And, and Tanya go ahead and help me here And notice what Jesus does. He permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John because there's some places the crowd can't go. And Jesus looks at Peter, James, and John and says, okay, you guys from this point on, you're the only one, the only ones that can go with me. And notice it says, when he came to the house of Jairus, Jesus saw a tumult What is a tumult? It's a commotion. It's chaos. And he saw those who wept and wept and wailed loudly. You see, it was customary in this day that when one of your family members died, you hired mourners who would come in and mourn, they would weep, they would wail. Some would bring their flutes, and some would bring their instruments. And I mean, it was just a loud noise. It was commotion. It was chaos, which is proof. Because there's some people that would say, no, you know, Jesus even said she wasn't dead. She was asleep. She was probably just in a deep coma. No, this is proof she was dead because they've already hired the mourners. You didn't hire the mourners until you knew they were dead. And Jesus came in and he saw all of this commotion that was going on and when he came in he said to them why make this commotion and weep the child is not dead but sleeping this should bring comfort to some of us who have lost loved ones because the bible says that for believers that the moment that we die the bible says that our spirit Immediately goes into the presence of the Lord because it says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I know a little over a year ago when my dad unexpectedly passed away that immediately his spirit went into the presence of the Lord and his body was laid to rest. But here's what the Bible says about the body of believers they're not dead, they're sleeping. And one day, I believe we're close. Jesus is going to say, Melvin Massey, wake up. And my daddy's going to wake up. And he's going to come out of that grave with a completely different body. It's going to still look like him. I'll be able to recognize him. But it'll be a glorified body that'll never get sick again, never feel pain again, never die. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. He said, she's not dead but sleeping. And and notice it says, and what did they do? They ridiculed him. They laughed at him. Luke, when he shares this story, Luke says they laughed at him because they knew she was dead. Bless his heart. He don't know any better. She's dead. They done pronounced her dead. She's not breathing. She's blue. She's cold. Rigor mortis is starting to set in. Bless his heart. They laughed at him, which shows you how insincere these hired mourners were. That they could go from wailing and weeping to laughing at a moment's notice. But they ridiculed him. But I love this. But when he had put them outside, Jesus is not weak. You say, well, how did he put them outside? Well, I just kind of feel like he looked at them and said, get out, get out. And he put them outside because, listen to me, unbelief cannot see or experience the miracles of God. I can't. And so he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him, and he entered where the child was lying. And then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kumi. Which is translated, little girl, I say unto you, arise. I, Jesus, I, God himself, with authority over death, hell, and the grave, says, I say to you, wake up. I say to you, arise. And immediately, <laughs> the girl arose and did what? Walked. Not only has she been raised from the dead, she's healed. She's healed. She's walking. Something that she hasn't been able to do for quite some time. And she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. Why? Why? because just a few minutes ago, their daughter was dead as dead could be. But now Jesus walks into the room and Jesus speaks with authority and commands her to come back to life. And what was dead is now alive. That precious little daughter that was dead is now alive. And no wonder, they were overcome with great amazement. Oh, listen to me this morning, church. This is what we're missing in the body of Christ. This is what we're missing in the church is great amazement. When is is the last time something has happened? I mean, a miracle so great that we walked out of here overwhelmed with great amazement. But here's what I believe. I believe that the prayer of faith that acts and the prayer of faith that asks and the prayer of faith that endures whatever it has to endure. Jairus had to endure that delay. Jairus had to endure the death of his daughter. Jairus had to endure the ridicule and the laughing of the people but you know what he said he said I'm not gonna quit I'm not gonna give up I'm gonna continue to stand I'm gonna continue to have faith in God and as a result of that God answered his prayer and gave him a miracle oh and he was full of amazement God do such amazing things in our midst that we walk out in awe, that we walk out in amazement, that we walk out wondering how in the world did that happen, that we walk out not being able to explain it because it was the hand of God at work. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me all over this sanctuary right now. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.